The truth that will change you will probably first offend you. This is the modus operandi of this podcast. Welcome to Contra Z to Popular Belief. This episode will be nothing like you expected. It will probably ruffle some feathers and shake things up, but for the better. If we want different, we've got to be different. So without further ado, welcome. 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 Your host, Zandile. Hola, 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 hola. I hope ni grand, ni righty, bantubami, direct translation. I hope you're good, my people. As introduced, it's your girl, Zandile, Zandibos, Zandilandi, Auntie Zapiki Piggy Mabelani. You pick what you call me. Here we intentionally choose God, choose right, choose life, and choose you. I do trust that you are doing well, wherever you are, whatever time of day you're listening to this, and with whomever you are. Do say hi to your neighbor if you're sitting next to somebody or driving, listening to this in the car, to wherever. But um, I just I just hope you're doing well. All right, I hope you're doing well. Just a quick recap before we get into today's topic. Fences. The last episode was about fences, and I talked about laws and policies, you know, and governments releasing these these rules these rules whether officially or unofficially and them coming with a sound that tell us either bow or bow out right and it more often than not impacts on our spirituality on our faith our conviction because you know we can say yeah i mean it's just bowing down you know bowing down to a statue what harm could that do you know i can still eat i can still do this and that and i can still walk about but now this this law and this policy that was put in you know into action you know in in, in daniel chapter 3 and in daniel chapter 6 it was very much specific it very much targeted the praying lives of these people of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as well as I don't know why I'm struggling to say Abednego. <laughs> Abednego, <laughs> you know, as well as Daniel, you know, it threatened their faith, it threatened their freedoms to practice what they believed in, you know, and so it was targeted. We cannot say it was a mistake because in Daniel 6, it tells us that the administrators were looking for something to put as a stain on his character, but they could find nothing. You know, they literally could find nothing. And so they had to conspire to make there to be something that will put him into the mud, that will make him at fault that will make him the one that is wrong and there were consequences for that for choosing wrong so to say quote-unquote you know they did not conform to something that did not resonate with them they did not conform to something that impacted them so deeply and that was their faith and there was reward at the end for their defiance there was reward for them because of them standing for what they believed in and being bold and courageous about it to say you know what i will go down for this You know, it's fine. If you guys are painting me guilty for being godly, I'll go down for it. It's okay. Because essentially my God will prove himself right. And indeed he did. And what happened at the end of that? These people earned the respect of unbelievers. Basically. Basically, King Nebuchadnezzar was just like, okay, I am messing with this God because this God surely comes through for his people. Right? He comes through for his people. And so let us be people. Let us be people who stand for something, who are willing to choose the hard and narrow road 
who go down the narrow road because we are so convinced we are so convinced that you know what god is right and god is holy and god knows what he's doing now let us get into the topic of the day egypt now this is not pretty ugly egypt everything god yes patience and time absolutely not egypt is also not standing for the country and where they have high 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 look high graphics roll sound sound production take 2 nor is it particularly standing for the Egypt, you know, the Egypt that we know today, you know, the hieroglyphics and the marvelous pyramids. But what I am referring to really is our past lives, our past lives of enslavement, you know, as it was with the Israelites being enslaved by the Egyptians, by the Pharaoh for 430 years and really being worked to the bone. So Egypt talks about our past lives, our past enslavements where we're coming from from where god took us out from where he delivered us you know from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of god's dear son yes that is what i'm referring to when i talk about egypt and the book suggestion recommendation for today is holier than thou by jackie hill perry holier than thou and i think that you know she pens it very well the holiness of god he she says that if god is holy that means he's sinless and if he's sinless that means he's trustworthy so i'll begin with the story of the woman caught in adultery it can be found in john chapter 8 verse 1 to 11 it says jesus returned to the mount of olives but early the next morning he was back again at the temple a crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus went down to the ground and wrote in the ground with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, let he who is without sin be first to cast the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the ground. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers now? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Now, we know the story because it is often relayed to us when we talk about shame and condemnation and judging, you know. But we never focus on that last part, go and sin no more. You know, back in the day, the culture was about protecting the men. The men were superior. And so that is why they only brought out the woman. But hello, we know we can't commit adultery alone. And so 
we appreciate what Jesus did for the woman because he wasn't saying what she did was right, but he was standing for her dignity because her male counterpart wasn't man enough to admit to his sin. So her being caught in adultery and him being caught in adultery was wrong. And they were also wrong because why are you only bringing out the woman? You are dragging her to a public place such as a temple. Who knows what she even managed to get on because she was caught in the act. And I don't think that these people cared enough to wait for her to be in something more dignified before they dragged her out to the temple. So there are three wrongs uh, being done here. Essentially two, but, but three. So it must have been quite humiliating. I mean, this is Jesus. This is the Son of God, the Messiah, the King of Israel, the King of the Jews. So... So we appreciate Jesus that he protects her dignity and he fights for her dignity. But at the end of the day, he says, but girl, you are still wrong. So don't go back no more. You know, we missed that part. We, we liked, we like to go on a rant about do not judge me. Who are you to judge me? You are not sinless and you are not perfect. So you can't say a thing, but essentially we are called to correct one another and call each other out when we see that we are going the wrong way. Go read the book of Jude. The book of Jude says, I ain't gonna let you go to hell while I'm watching you do it. I'd rather do something about it. And if you say no to it, then I tried. I tried. And so my concern today, why I'm talking about Egypt is that it's concerning to see two extremes where one side it's 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 so religious it's so legalistic it's so rigid it's like okay you can't wear skirts as a woman you can't do this no woman preaches in the church it's just who it's just like a bit impossible you know and then the other extreme it's like it's so liberal it's like anything goes god forgives you god loves you and we're here for you through whatever <laughs> you know and you know we are inclusive and and we, we we accept everyone and we and we want everyone you know to feel comfortable in this church and then you have the middle where it's really like Guys, this is the word of God. This is the word of God that has a final authority on social justice, on inclusivity, on transformation. Listen, if you want to tra- talk about transformation, this is the book. All right. This is the book because where have you ever seen one man dying for all men, all men's sins? All right. Where have you ever seen that? Isn't that transformative enough? Isn't that inclusive enough? I don't think they can be really anyone that's more inclusive than jesus i mean he died for the whole world all right if you pray today god forgive my sins like that sacrifice that happened two more than two thousand years ago you know him being killed him being murdered him giving himself up do you understand that (laughs) jesus on the cross could have just melted everything and he's like okay now what what you got now (laughs) he literally could have melted those speakers he could have, you know, made the, 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 the cross to just crumble into sand. He could have made the whips and the cat and nine tails that they were, they were hitting him with. He could have just melted, melted them into a liquid. Honestly, like he could have done that because he's God. And so he had to literally give himself up 
give permission for him to be murdered and for him to be killed. He did all of that for everyone. So there's no more being inclusive than him. Like, please stop with the activism of trying to be inclusive, but you, in your inclusivity, you're going against God. And it's like, yeah, but I'm trying to be godly. You can't be more godly than Jesus. When you accept the life of Christ, you don't just change automatically overnight, right? It does happen for some people where it's like, okay, they were heavy smokers, heavy drinkers, heavy drug users, and they were just in the darkest of darkest pits and they encounter Jesus and everything changes in that like they stop doing all those things and they don't have even a desire for them, you know? But uh, for, I don't even know if I can say the majority of believers and the experiences of salvation if it if it happens you know another way in that you know it's a process thing but essentially all the way around we're just all part of a process you know we're all a part of pro- <laughs> peter piper <laughs> pack the pack of pickle papers <laughs> thanks just to that one so essentially we are all part of a process and we have to embrace that process for us really to reach a place where we are we are all that god has said that we are hallelujah we are all that god has said that we are some things when you when you look at them they'll make you sad when you look at them with a natural eye but they will make you angry when you look at them with a spiritual eye you need discernment you need discernment and that's what will determine what you feel because there there is such a thing as holy anger holy indignation where you 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 feel what god is feeling towards something that's like no man no no something you need to understand it's that you can't love people more than god nor can you hate sin the way god does and so you can trust God that if he's for or against something because he feels, sees and knows it more than you, it is therefore trustworthy. That as much as God is a loving God, he is still holy. And it is his holiness that clashes with sin. And we are able to be in his presence today and not die because of the blood of Jesus. Because... You know, sometimes we like to act holier than God himself when it comes to loving people through their struggles. And so in you loving people and caring for their causes, no matter direction it takes you, remember that your love for those people should never supersede your obedience to God. Because it's easy to become an activist for a cause that puts you in a position of enmity with God. Especially when you've been made to think that the Bible is against you. (laughs) Or that the Bible is against the people you're activizing for. And so you have to be careful what you fight for. And pray so that you know and discern what to fight for. Because some battles are not for you to fight. And and protest for in this earthly realm. It's absolutely not. We need to know where to put our energies We really need to know where to put our energies because you might find that you're fighting for a cause, right? But when you go to the word of God, it's like, okay, you really have no ground to stand up on. And at the end of time, you know, when everything is all done and dusted, it's like, okay, God is like, okay, so what did you do? Did you really do what I said you must go do? Yeah? Maraka, when you have a a good heart. (laughs) You have a good heart. So you did it because you have a good heart. But God remains God and he, re- he remains the final authority on social matters, 
governmental matters, whatever matters that have to do sexual matters. Hallelujah. So God has a final authority over that. And so if, if really we are brave enough to go against what he's saying clearly in his word, you know, those who haven't, yeah, please hear me because I don't want to, I don't want to point this to be like in one direction to say, okay, this particular sin is what I'm talking about or this particular cause is what I'm talking about. No, but like <laughs> if I have to <laughs> pick one, <laughs> but that's the thing, like it's going to need a long explanation. <laughs> it's going to need a long explanation. And I'm trying to make this very general in the sense of it applies to everything. At the end of the day, it applies to everything. You know, if God says, do not swear, don't swear. Like you can't, you can't change his mind on that. He said, don't, don't do it. You know, if God says, okay, no sex before marriage, then don't do it. It's just what it is. People out here in threesomes, foursomes, adding spice, so to say, they think they're adding spice to their bedroom, but really it's defiling the marriage bed. I don't know why we actually try to configure our own version of the Bible. <laughs> like, I'm just like, y'all need to chill, okay? Y'all need to chill and just get to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I finna understand why you said what you said. I know you said what you said, but why? <laughs> Make me understand. Help me understand. That's humility. And so we really need to be people who choose what side we are on today. Don't be on the fences. We still have a long way to go and it requires you to be sure. Guys, do you see the world we are in? <laughs> you really can't expect to be okay with being on the fence in the, in, in the life we're living today. Like you have to make a choice as to what you stand for, who you're standing for and what you're not standing for. Because It's still a long journey that we have to go. Choose, are you are you are you going to be with Hollywood? Or are you going to be with God? Are you gonna be with the church? Are you gonna be with the government 24-7? Everything goes? Or are you gonna be with the church, the body of Christ, the kingdom of God? Because one thing I don't understand, I was talking to my brother about this, and I'm like, Hollywood, like the way like the lifestyles are there, I feel like why can't they see that it's not working? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not working. So why are you carrying on with something that's not working? I remember watching an interview and these two ladies were on about, yeah, it's so hard to be, you know, a believer of Jesus in Hollywood and really still stand. Everyone wants you to bow down. Everyone wants you to be lukewarm. Everyone wants you to be accepting of what they're doing. And so for you to, to go to Hollywood as a believer and actually survive and come out alive, it's like a feat on its own, you know? And so I'm just like, okay, fine, I get that. But here's what I don't get. Then why are you still bowing? Why are you still cowering? Why are you still watering down what you believe in? Because all these famous people are down your alley. All these famous people are coming to you, to your house for dinner. Now you have to change your ways. Now you don't even pray in the name of Jesus. You just pray, amen, a woman, come on. Because you're trying not to offend people. Can I tell you that Jesus was an offensive character? A very offensive character. Jesus really angered a lot of people, all right? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, he angered them, all right? 
he really was just like, yeah, he, <laughs> he drove them off the wall. Because he was unconventional. He was out to break tradition. He was out to do his father's business. He was out to do his father's will. We really need to take after Jesus. We need to take after the example of Jesus. We've, we've become people who are too emotional. And of course, I'm not speaking, I'm not saying everyone is like this. I'm just speaking at the majority that I'm seeing <laughs> at the moment. Jorge, our emotions have become our Lord. Our emotions have become our gods. Our emotions have become our idols, which we bow to and we sacrifice to. It's like, oh, just because I feel this way, God don't matter. God can take the back seat. Our emotions. We're like, no, but Lord, this is not fair. No, nothing is gonna nothing is going to seem fair if that's perhaps what you're struggling with or someone close to you is struggling with or it's like you, it's close to home you, you understand what i'm saying like it's easy for for you to to accept something that's not personally touching you it's not personally affecting you but when it comes close to home now you start questioning god and you're like mm, lord mm, about this command hey about this word and instruction that you gave is it really like this or are you just not like in with the times it's always like okay people accept uh this thing of okay coming to jesus and then jesus makes them feel good and then they go back to their sin like like they never left right i am telling you today that god is calling you out of egypt god is calling you out of slavery god is calling you out of sin whatever is taking you out of his will that's what he considers sin whatever clashes and offends his character of holiness that's what he calls a sin and god will show you he will he will move you if something is not something that he's about he's not riding with it he will let you know god is not unfair he's not he's not a wicked god that he will let you sin and then he's like yeah look at what you did no god is really one who pursues and draws all men he draws all men i cannot convince you to believe in god i cannot convince you to live the lifestyle that i live absolutely not because god drew me to him it's not like i drew him to to me even though you ended up in church because of the wrongs that you were doing don't go back to the wrongs that you were doing and even when you see other people from where you're from encourage them not to go back because ain't nobody trying to see anyone go back to where they came from. We need to fight for that. I don't think people see that side of the fight. That we're not fighting so we can judge you. We're not fighting so you, you, you know, we can, we, we can say, yeah, you're this perfect human being and you have no wrong in you. No, no, no. The fight is to be sustained in the salvation and the restoration and transformation that God has given to you. Through Jesus. The fight is for you not to go back from where you come from. Because we understand how Egypt was. You have the Israelites. God is freeing them from their slavery. Taking them to the promised land. And at the earliest convenience, they were out here complaining, Lord, like you, you, were, you, you, you brought us out here to suffer. Yet they were getting manna from heaven, water from rocks. Just the, 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 the most marvelous, amazing things were happening for them to be provided for. But they complained and complained and complained. Wanting to go back to Egypt. Wanting to go back to their, to their slavery. And it is the same in our lives today. We're like, Lord, but I enjoyed smashing so much. Like, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly did. Why have you brought me out here into this land of thirst? This land of Serapos. Of <laughs> 
and you so long to go back to your 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 your, your life that was just you were out here you were everywhere right you were just out here booty calling <laughs> and it's like is this even worth the struggle and I'm saying to you, yes, it is. Stop complaining because you'd rather be here than there. Do not go back. Do not go back to Egypt. Canaan is the direction we're heading to. Canaan is the reason we are, we are, we are fighting. We'd rather be chained to goodness, to love, than to be chained to sin and the devil. That's why I fight so much. I'm not judging people. I'm not thinking I'm better, better than them. But I know I'm better off. Because of what God has done in my life. And so you must come to understand that the heart of God is people. And one of the best ways you can serve him is through loving people back to life. Loving them with a love that is passionate and compelling. Not a love that is condemning and allowing for everything. Because unfortunately in this day, me loving you means me agreeing with everything you're doing. And that is false. Like that is so false. If, if you, I see you hitting someone violently like i can't say i agree with you because i understand that you're angry or i understand that they deserve it obviously this is contextual i mean if you if if you're in a you know threatening situation i mean do what you have to do but what i'm saying here is that you know if i see you beating a woman or i see you beating a man to a pulp that's a crime that is a crime it's abuse so I'm not going to say, yeah, because I understand that you have anger issues or you have alcohol issues that now I'm, I'm going to agree. No, I'm not going to agree. So that's the type of so-called accepting love, inclusive love that we're seeing in some circles and some extremes. And it's like, but guys, where, where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? Right? Because are we going to honestly let someone stay in Egypt because of the comfort that they have? Because they feel accepted in Egypt? Or are we really going to love people through, through all the challenges, through all the hardships and through all the things that they'll face just so that they can experience the goodness and the fullness of God in their lives? Because sin has that thing, dude, like you'll never feel good, especially after you've been, you know, in God, like you'll never feel good about it. Like you'll just know, I sinned against God and I need to make right. Yeah. So as much as you can be comfortable with your sin and everything, but like, it, it it has that that effect that it, it 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 puts a wedge and it distances you from the lord and so you'll find that the more closer you get to god is the more you put away and what a freeing life that is because not no guilt shame condemnation is keeping you back like your prayer isn't every day is like yeah lord yo i feel so bad i feel so bad every day of course you must repent but I'm just saying, you know, there are those repeat sins you'd rather not repeat in prayer again. And so being supportive of people through their journey with God does not mean you becoming an activist of their struggle. It doesn't mean that. Because some people it's like, yeah, you know, I understand the struggle, you know, of of smoking. And now you become like a, 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 an activist for vaping. It's like, yeah, but at least it's not a cigarette. Or, you know, they, or you become an activist for having, you're like, yeah, well, at least it's not a cigarette or, or whatever. And I'm just like, come on. Okay. C come on now. Come, come now. It's still harming the body. Okay. It's still an addiction. It's still something they can't live without. God doesn't want them in that bondage. So uh, why are you supporting their bondage? Yeah. 
this level of watering down that's happening in the world right now by people who say they are followers of Jesus, it's really appalling. And it's usually, you know, in this in this inclusive inclusivity, in this inclusive love thing. Yeah. So yes. So God is holy and this this word holy has really it's become like a swear word to some Christians. It's like who do you think you are? You mentioned the H word. And I'm like, but that's who God is. God said, be holy as I am holy. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful word. It means set apart an other. It, it, it means an otherness, you know? An otherness. And it's not unattainable. There's this lie that's gone around that has told people that it's unattainable. It's an unattainable standard to be holy. Like it's, it's up there. It's impossible to be holy, but it's not. If you're struggling with an addiction or you're struggling with a certain sin, it can look to you that you know what, you're never going to get out. It can look to you like I'm never going to be free, that I'm just going to be average, an average believer. I'll never, you know, experience that victory of, you know, 10 years, celebrating 10 years sobriety or 20 years sobriety or saying that I never went back. But I can tell you today that it, it is true. It is possible. And one of the fundamental things in helping you get to the land of victory and getting to the land of freedom is that you have people around you who are not going to coddle the sin. They'll attack the root because all sin is really symptomatic. It's symptomatic of a root problem. It's symptomatic of a heart problem. And so you need people around you who will be brave and they will love you. To the point really of getting to the roots of things and saying, okay, so why do you think that you have a problem with going back to view this type of content? Why are you a 50 shades of gray type person? Why do you not skip? Why are you not fast forwarding? What, what is, what is drawing you to this type of content? That is what I mean in terms of like having people around you who will attack the root and help you get to your place of victory. Because, guys, this thing of living in guilt and shame and condemnation, because you know what I'm doing, I'm what I'm doing is wrong, but I still keep on doing it. <laughs> I come nandi. I come nandi because it attacks your confidence in God. It attacks your confidence in God because you always think of this thing of like, oh my gosh, like there's this thing about me. And so when you when you renewing your mind with the word of God and you are always constantly in God's presence and you're focusing on him, you'll see these things start to fade away. But then the devil comes at you one day and he's, he's like, so remember that sin? You haven't done it in a while. Remember how good it was? Don't you like want to do it one last time? And then back, boom, you're back in bondage. So we really need to wage war. It's, 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 it's not just like, oh, yeah, I sinned. It's okay. It's a new day tomorrow. But we need to wage war because it, it, it really hinders you in, a, in so many things. The Bible even says, let us as believers of God stop being too accommodating to the world, to carnality. And, 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 you know, we are shocked when God requests what he requests from us because the lines have been so blurred. The minds of many believers have been, has been so blurred that God's word seems oppressive. It's like, yo, I can't do that. Oh, that means I can't be my true self. I can't express myself. You know? How can you expect me, God, not to swear? That is so old-fashioned. 
what do you mean I must not move in with my girlfriend or boyfriend because we are going to be sexually inappropriate? I mean, God, it's 2021, for goodness sake. <laughs> right? Doesn't that sound familiar? But the Spirit of God in you testifies to His Word. So you can't really justify your sin and expect to feel as great as you want to. I'm saying all these things because we make excuses for our rebellion. Sometimes sin is intentional, like we know what we're doing. We have an end goal and it makes us comfortable in being activists for disobedience, for the disobedience of our, our fellow brethren. Guys, if we can't correct each other, then who should? It, it tells us something. It should tell us something when people who don't know Jesus, they even know what to expect from us and they call us out on the things that we should know. And you know why they still expect us to do right? It's because they'd expect the same from, from Jesus. They don't know him personally, but they know about this Jesus character. And they're like, okay, if you're going to call yourself after him and you're going to say that you're his follower, then you must have a particular essence about you that's Jesus-like. So when we say we're doing life different and doing things different, the people of the world are not wrong to expect Jesus from us. And it should not be a complaint. Instead, it's, it should be an opportunity for us to shine Jesus. Ah, here's another excuse. Jesus chilled with sinners. That's another excuse that people like, right? But you miss one thing. He didn't do as they did. When are you are doing everything your friends are doing, they're doing everything you're doing. But... That is not the ideal way. Now, am I saying we should go around being stiff and being no fun? No. Am I saying we must be super spiritual? No. But I am saying we need to try harder, saints. We need to give more effort. We need to live by conviction. We need to give more effort in helping other people really attain that medal. Attain that trophy to say, I beat this. I conquered the sin. And I'm not going back anymore. I conquered Egypt. Through Jesus, we need to become more intentional. We need to live by conviction, by sensitivity to God to say, Lord, I'm going to work with this person and I'm not going to enable them. I'm not going to enable them to sin against you. I'm not going to enable their bitterness, their lust. I'm not going to enable their greed. I'm not going to enable gluttony. Yes, <laughs> I know that's a sin that people don't talk about. But I'm going to stand for the right things because I know the slavery of Egypt, I know how painful it is, right? I know how painful it is. And so that is the Egypt I'm talking about, that let us hold each other up. Let us be people who hold each other up, hold each other accountable, and stop with this only God can judge me attitude. Because a lot of times the people who say that are like <laughs> going off the rails. They're going off the rails in terms of like living life however they want. There's no accountability. There's no way that, you know, they take responsibility. They, they're just living however. God has given us the gift of community to help us through this life. To say, okay, girl, this is not the way you do it. Okay, my brother, this is, this is not the way to go. Let's try it a different way. It's not judging. It's loving. Read the book of James. Read the book of Jude, <laughs> right? Jude is only one chapter. Come on, just go read it and see what it says. It says, hey man, go pull the people out of the fire. If you see someone going towards the fire, go pull them out. Just make sure you don't fall into the fire yourself, that you don't get burnt. But pull people out. Pull people out. Day by day, pull people out. Yeah? 
because the devil would like more than anything to have a super crowd like a super stadium of people in hell with him one day and that's not what we want we want that to be in heaven and so we should be intentional about what we would like to accomplish in people's lives that i would love to help people i would make it my 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 goal in life to help people to live in holiness to live according to the statutes of God, to show them that it's possible to live uh, according to the commands of God. Because we've got the Holy Spirit in us. God is, is not wicked. He He's not expecting all these things and telling us all these things because we can just do them. No, he's given us a weapon. He's given us a tool. He's given us a gift. And that is the Holy Spirit who helps us in our weaknesses, who helps us, you know, in our lower moments. And he empowers us to live a life that's patterned after Jesus. So that's that from me today. Fun, interesting fact is that I hate fizzes. <laughs> I hate fizzes because they fizz. <laughs> so when it comes to sweets, I'd actually like, I prefer baked goods over actual sweets. Yeah, but fizzes, your nano, I can't. I can't do it. Like, at the end, I literally spit it out. <laughs> I spit it out because I'm just like, why are you fizzing? <laughs> you know? So, that's that's my fact for today. Okay, that's a wrap. So, until next time, thank you so much. Do share, listen, subscribe, and comment. And I, know, I almost said in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> until next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to the Contra Z to Popular Belief podcast. I trust you've been challenged, touched, and changed. If you want to keep learning from this podcast, do subscribe. Also, kindly leave a review as your reviews help us improve and also helps others find this podcast. Until next time.